Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So we are back with the podcast and I am joined by Lewis Ambrose. Lewis, it's been a long time. How's tricks? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. We've had summer, it's been and gone, now it's winter again. It's lovely. Exactly, back to the snow. (laughs) And we are joined once again by Manchester United Women's Supporters Club founder, Natalie Burrell. How's things, Nat? How are you holding up after that loss? (laughs) I'm doing all right. Um, It is what it is, I suppose. you just got to bounce back and that's what we've been doing a lot this year. Yes, well, we shall get into that. Um, But first up, We'll talk about the DFB Pokal semi-finals. And if anybody didn't know already, Bayern Munich have experienced their first loss. So Wolfsburg managed a 2-0 victory over Bayern to get a spot in the final where they will face Eintracht Frankfurt, who beat Freiburg over the weekend. Lewis, what did you make of this game? It, for me, it was just a real statement of intent from Wolfsburg, who have been the, the dominant force for the last two years in German football. And yeah, as you say, Bayern hadn't lost this season. I think it was 26 wins in a row in all competitions heading into the weekend. And obviously vying to, to take that crown to knock Wolfsburg off of their pedestal, if you like, in German football. And Wolfsburg just showed that they're not going to let that place go without a fight. They they won. They deserve to win as well. Both teams had played in the Champions League in midweek, so you can't say that, that maybe there was more fatigue on one side than the other. It, it was a really impressive win, and I think it's just really good for, for football in Germany to not have a team running away with things and to have Wolfsburg show that, yeah, they're not going to... Give, the, give things up without a fight. They're not going to relinquish that place as the leading women's team in German football. But I'm going to have to snatch it from them and take it from them. And they're obviously still top of the league and they're still in the Champions League and Wolfsburg aren't. But they're not going to win the cup and the title race could still be on. Exactly. And I kind of like that idea because I think everybody was kind of like, oh, the sun's setting on Wolfsburg, it's curtains and they've just completely blown everybody out of the water. And and I love that. And I definitely agree. Um, I mean, for Wolfsburg, it was a brilliant goal from Alexandra Pop to kick things off. Um, you know, she's such an important footballer for Germany as a whole. Obviously, she captained the national team in the World Cup in 2019. Um, she's been with Wolfsburg for, I think, almost about 10 years now. Now, do you see her being another name that Wolfsburg could lose, or do you think that she will stick through them, ju- stick with them? Sorry, during this arguably, you know, transitional kind of phase. I'd like to see her stick with them. I mean, ten years is a long time. I know we see it in women's football. We do see sort of players. Um, maybe not sticking with teams and, you know, different things happen. You know, you've got to move for for the best of your career. But I think the fact that she's been there that long and they are still up there, like Lewis says. So for me, if they want to remain up there, if they want to keep it as a top two and, you know, maybe fight back and if Bayern do win the league this season, you know, fight back and win their league, I think keeping a player like her, like you say, German captain, you know, she's going to attract a lot of other players. So for me, keeping a name like her should be like the top of their list now. Definitely. Um, I mean, the second goal came just before half time. Lewis, how important do you think it was mentally for Wolfsburg to be 2 0 up 
at that 45 minute mark yeah I think for for Wolfsburg obviously it makes that difference you've got that cushion I think it was maybe even more important mentally not for what it did for Wolfsburg but the blow that it gave Bayern yeah to you know they've they've looked untouchable pretty much for the entire season they smashed Wolfsburg as well in the league when they met earlier in the campaign and suddenly a bit of a sucker punch they were probably thinking all right they've not had a good half but if you get to half time one nil there's one goal in it you just have to play a little bit better you have to take your chances when they come in the second half 2-0 against a team like Wolfsburg is just a huge mountain to climb and you, the, just the, the, the timing of the goals was so so important 100% um, and I think you see it quite a lot in football games don't you like it really does count when you score those goals and like, like you say the timing of them um, Sorensen got a straight red towards kind of the final minutes of the game um, now do you think that just came from a place of frustration on her part maybe because Bayern hadn't managed to get much out of the game and it was just kind of the final nail in the coffin for them. Definitely. I think, you know, Bayern have been so dominant. You know, this is, like we said at the start, the first defeat. And I think it's just that frustration. They didn't know how to to react to it, maybe. And obviously, she's just sort of got that cut, um, got a red towards the end. You know, it's, it's unfortunate for her, but... Yeah, I think it'll probably carry over to the league. So, yeah, it's definitely unfortunate. But, you know, you have to keep your heads together in those minutes. Yes, you've lost, but still go out there with that pride at the end. You know, it's kind of silly getting a red card at the end. But it is what mm. it is. She's she's out of it. She might miss league games now, but I'm, I'm still confident for Bayern um, to win the league this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at Bayern's team, they didn't feel like a weaker team or anything Louis do you think it's just a case of they were a little bit burnt out after the season they've had obviously the Champions League fixture no excuse really because Wolfsburg also had a you know had arguably a tougher game on the hands um or maybe they didn't have as much desire as Wolfsburg to get to the final yeah I I don't know if it was burnout on Bayern's part or more that or a lack of desire, but maybe Wolfsburg had that little bit extra knowing that this is their competition. They've won the cup seven years in a row in Germany and this five points behind in the league, this was maybe their last chance now to win a trophy this season. And I think that little bit extra motivation that comes from that really fighting for your lives. And they just showed their quality. They've they've made some great They've lost some great players. People talk about that. And, you know, Penilla Harder's the obvious one in the summer. Caroline Hansen the summer before. But they've also added some quality players. Like Paulina Prima has been injured. Um, Shanice van der Sanden came in in the summer and she's been injured. They've still got a really, really strong team. They've lost big name players and top quality players. But this really was just the, the performance of a team that, like I said before, they're not going to roll over and let Bayern take their place as the new dominant force in the country. Mm. I mean, like you said, this is Wolfsburg's competition. This is their playground, you know, winning the cup seven times. Absolutely massive. Um, they've got themselves to another final. Nat, can you see Frankfurt causing them any issues in the final? I think definitely. I think you saw the way they celebrated. You saw it, what, how much it meant to Frankfurt, you know, get into that final. So I think it's going to be 
amazing. It's going to be, they're going to be up for it. Wolfsburg are going to want to win it. They know how to win it. But, you know, I love a bit good underdog story. And I'm sure Frankfurt won't be called the underdogs, but it is Wolfsburg sort of. Everyone will be writing the, the tickets for them. So I can see them doing things. I know they've got a good player in Praskina, her name is. Um, she's quite a good player. So I can see anything happen, you know, one game only, cup finals. Who knows? True, anything can happen uh, in a cup final. Um, I mean, this season has been weaker for Wolfsburg compared to others. Obviously, they're out of the Champions League, as we've mentioned. They've lost a few big players. It seems like Bayern will be winning the league. But, of course, like you said, Lewis, anything can happen. If they finish second, still with the Champions League spot and a trophy from this competition, has it been a successful season, all things considered? I mean, I, I think it is. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it an unsuccessful season. Uh, success, obviously, when you've won the league for for the last four years in a row, you go into the season wanting to win the league and wanting to, to take that extra step in the Champions League as well. And they'll be disappointed about the way their Champions League campaign's gone and the fact it's ended before the semi-finals this time around. In the league, the, they still play Bayern. They're five points behind. But Bayern are top of the league because they've won every single game. I think you can't complain or be that upset about not winning the league and and sort of brandish it as a, a lack of success just because another team has been absolutely perfect. And if Bayern slip up, we know that Wolfsburg, five points behind, they still play each other. They'll be right there ready to take advantage of it. It doesn't look like Bayern Munich will slip up, but ultimately... If they do win the league, they've won it because they've been perfect and not because Wolfsburg have let them get away with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it will be very, very interesting to see. I think there was a period when Bayern were, you know, winning games 13-0 and all that. People kind of just thought that, I don't know, I think people just kind of went went off the German league and they thought, oh, you know, it's not, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but it's, we probably can guess. And I think this victory for Wolfsburg will definitely have um, a lot more eyes on what will happen in the league. Um, but, you know, we'll head over now to the Women's Super League. Um, me and Nat are going to have to prepare ourselves for this one. Um, it was a nightmare weekend for Manchester United. Um, they were beaten 1-0 by Brighton. Um, whilst the rest of the big teams got some important victories. They knew how to get the wins. Um, I mean, Manchester United controlled the majority of the possession, especially after half-time, and they did have some decent chances, but it just wasn't enough. Now, like, real talk now, do you feel like the team and the mm. manager are starting to show that perhaps they've got a little bit of an experience in this important part of the season? This is only their second season in the Women's Super League, obviously last season, wasn't really a real season because of COVID, etc. Do you think they are maybe showing a little bit of an experience or do you think it is just a run of bad luck? I think it is a bit of an experience. Um, I think, like you said, there was a lot of possession, there was decent chances, but for some reason they, they can't seem to take them or, you know, they can control the ball, but they're not really doing much with it in the final third. And does, does the manager need to change up the formation? You know, I know she likes a 4-3-3, but should she go for a 4-4-2 at times when you are desperate for a goal? You know, I'm just thinking things like that. And, you know, like you said, the big teams all got the points. The big teams know how to, to get the points in these important games. You know, 
Reading is another important game where you need to sort of just grind it out. We saw City get a victory, you know, last minute versus Reading a couple of weeks ago. And you just need to put the ball over the back of the net any way possible. And it seems like we want to score the perfect goal. It's really upsetting. As you know, I, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> actually, I come on here all bubbly and I come everywhere bubbly and it's, it's not like that. And this is going to be character building totally like this season is going to teach us more than any other season before and I just hope that next year is going to be a massive different team's going to come out and we're going to have that great determination passion I think we've always had it but I think it's sort of like lost maybe when we lost Tobin she sort of took some of that energy you know and then losing Leah and all the injuries but injuries aren't an excuse it's it's um it's a tough one this end because we were so we were flying high we're in dreamland and it's a massive shock. It's a massive put back to reality in a way. It definitely is. I mean, like you say, I mean, I can hear it in your voice. It is It is tough. It is so, so tough. Um, I mean, the week prior, Brighton suffered, you know, that 5-0 defeat to Everton. But, you know, they've been able to bounce back and they've got the result over United. Um, over the season, you know, they've now taken points off off United, Chelsea, even City this season. Lewis, do you think this shows that this side does have the potential to be in the mix for a spot, maybe in this second-tier European competition that could be happening in the future in the Women's League? They're, the, they're one of those clubs that are sort of there in between, I guess. Everton are, are like the leading example of that, where mm. at the start of the season it looked like maybe Everton and United behind that typical top three that we've got used to and United have obviously pulled away and now it'd been in that Champions League race Everton uh, then sort of quite clearly between the the top four and everybody else I think Brighton just need that consistency I think it's as you said they've taken points off of three of the top four it's incredible and they've deserved some of those points too thought they played really well at the weekend it, it's not a fluke when you're doing it regularly but at the same time then they're losing 5-0 to Everton and it's just that potential that you mentioned is definitely there but when they're dropping points that that they maybe ought not to be dropping or then they're playing against Everton and and not just losing a narrow game but losing 5-0 it's just about finding that consistency and those performances can come more regularly and they can start looking maybe even further up the table yeah, definitely. Um, and it will certainly be interesting to see um, how they finish this season and how how they do next season. Um, I mean, touching on United again, sorry to depress you that, but um, I mean, it's, it's a fourth defeat in the last six league games for United. You know, we were like unbeaten until like early January. Um, if they do not get third, for you, where does the blame lie? Injuries. Um, I don't think we had. Maybe Alessia was one. Kristen Press was always a sort of on and off. Uh, but all the injuries we had, you know, Alessia, Alessia, like I said, Alessia's not come back when she was supposed to be back. Tobin went out injured. Leah went out injured. LJ's been injured. Um, Fuso's been injured now for the rest of the season. Staniforth, luckily, she's come back. Press injured again. You can't have that many injuries. You know, if you took out Kirby, Kerr, and harder out of the Chelsea team, would they be as as 
you know, romping it as much, probably not. But at the same time, I don't like to use injuries as an excuse. I think that team was good enough to go out and get um, points versus Brighton. They've even said they're good enough to go out and get it. I think a lot of it maybe is, is you know, developing a stronger mentality, um, you know, beating teams that you should beat, you know. It's all right putting in good shows and getting coming back from 2-0 down against City. What about when you're 1-0 down against Brighton? Um, so I think some of that and just becoming a bit less predictable I think that we need to mix it up like I've said we need to have like 4-4-2 4-3-3 4-5-1 you know different things even three at the back and just push everyone forward you know stuff like that just I want to see us be less sort of you know passing out wide in the wing I want to just see us taking shots from outside the box and whether that's the manager or the coaching I don't know but I don't like to blame managers I think you know she's very inexperienced herself she just you know this is her second year and first proper year in the WSL and we're seeing the harsh reality of it um so I do expect a lot of it to change next year um it's a shame for now but we will come back and we'll be back fighting bigger, better than ever next year. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with what you're saying in that. I think I think it's been I think it's brought United back down to reality. Um, and I don't know if you can relate, Lewis. You know, you, you've kind of seen this Manchester United team not relate, but like kind of see where I'm coming from. In that, you've seen this Manchester United team come through. They've been in the Championship. They've got themselves promoted. We thought we were absolutely amazing. Um, you know, we finished the league the way that we did last season. And I think because of COVID, there was always that, oh, well, we could have done even better kind of thing. And do you think now it's kind of like, yeah, welcome to the Women's Super League, guys. You, you're ready now to kind of see what it's really like. Do you get that kind of feeling? I, I, think, it's, I think it's just a process and it, it's not an, it's never going to be an overnight thing that, that Manchester United women's team can just turn up and blow teams away like mm. we see Chelsea and, and City and sometimes Arsenal do as well. It, it's just that, yeah, United have, have come on so much over the past couple of years, but it's just never going to happen overnight to the, yeah. that they've become the, the team to beat, the team that that you'd really not maybe see as an outside shot for the title or, or a good chance of the Champions League, but like really the, where they want to be, and that's top of the league. And they want to be having Chelsea and Man City chasing them and not be sort of the challenger, but be leading the way. It, it just takes time. And I think it takes, you know, development of younger players. Some of the players that you've mentioned there, the likes of... Um, of Alessia Russo or Ella Toon, like they're, they're just, they're still, if you look at them, Lauren James comes to mind as well. We're looking at players that over the next two or three or four years, they're just going to get better and better and better. Mm. And they're just not quite there yet. And I think that's just the difference. If you look at Chelsea and City and Arsenal, you have those attacking players, especially where there are real established stars and Chelsea in particular obviously have an embarrassing amount of, <laughs> of top class forwards. Arsenal have Vivian Miedema as, along with, you know, Caitlin Ford's had a brilliant season. United, I think it's just that couple years extra development for some of those players, those attacking players, and they'll be right where you want them to be. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think, yeah, it has been a little bit of an experience and things, like you say, things won't happen overnight. And I think, you know, United fans, we should be happy that we're, you know, we've come as far as we have in such a short amount of time and, you know, hopefully things will get better. I mean, we've now slipped behind Arsenal in the battle for third place and that European spot. Arsenal have a game in hand. <laughs> they had a great 4-0 victory over Bristol. Um, Lewis, I mean, it's pretty much in your hands now. <laughs> yeah, I think, and obviously the, the game a couple of weeks ago, the, when the two teams played each other was massive and, and mm. Arsenal got the three points in that one. And then it was very much sort of neck and neck. And I think Arsenal would have been looking at the table then and, assuming they'd have to win every game to to take advantage of that game in hand and go up to third and and stay there until the end of the season for from an Arsenal perspective seeing United drop points at the weekend and lose to Brighton is just a, a bonus that you didn't really expect mm. um we obviously talk about Brighton that we know they can do this but it doesn't mean you obviously you still go into the game thinking United are probably going to win or or have a really good chance at least of of going back with three points so the fact that Arsenal are, are there now, they're in the driving seat. As you say, they've got the game in hand to add three points, put, create a three-point gap. And then, yeah, they've, they've only dropped points, Arsenal, this season to Chelsea City and United and then um, Reading, I think, as well. The fact that the remaining four games all come against teams outside of that group it's a tricky one against Everton, but in the, the previous games this season, Arsenal have won all four against the teams that they've got to play. They've only let one goal in. It's in their hands and it would be a real surprise and disappointment if they slipped up now. Definitely. And I, one other thing I wanted to ask you is because we had two Arsenal... I mean, we've got a lot of Arsenal fans on these podcasts. I don't know what I'm playing at really, but um, we had two Arsenal fans on the podcast last week obviously talking about your manager and how he will be departing and we kind of had mixed vibes we had Nancy who was kind of of the opinion of you know what it's the right time maybe time for a fresh start be interesting to see what happens and we had Jay who was kind of like yeah he's kind of jumped before he was pushed I'm happy he's leaving where do you fall on the scale am I allowed to say sort of in the middle I guess yeah (laughs) um no I, I think you can separate the job that Joe Montemurro has done and the job that maybe he's done in the last year specifically or six months and what the club needs next. Mm. And I think if you look at the squad, you look at the investment, Arsenal shouldn't be 10 points behind Manchester City and 12 points behind Chelsea and fighting for a Champions League place. They they need to be and they should be with those two teams at the top of the WSL fighting for the title. And the season has been, in that regard, a little bit disappointing. It's been a couple of years now where the team have really struggled in matches, in those sort of direct competition matches against those clubs. And I think it's it's the right time for a fresh impetus in the uh, sort of at the managerial level. And Joe Montemore leaves the squad in a amazing position the Mm. the players that Arsenal have managed to put together in the last couple of years the squad is there and ready to take on anyone and maybe they just need a new voice leading them now so I think Joe Montemore has done a really really great job at Arsenal but I also think it is the right time and it's exciting for the club now to sort of hopefully 
be in the Champions League again next season and then look at who's going to lead them there and see how far they can take them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, it, it will be very interesting to see what happens. Um, touching on some of the other games, Chelsea beat Birmingham six goals to nil, standard it seems for Chelsea nowadays. Um, Sam Kerr got a first half hat-trick. Um, this obviously meant that Emma Hayes was able to make all five of her subs before the hour mark, I guess in a bid to kind of keep the players fresh. Um, it's a busy time for Chelsea. You know, they have big games in the Champions League, of course. They've got the FA Cup. They're facing City in the league at the end of the season. Nat, does it feel like... I mean, Chelsea have kind of had great form throughout, let's be honest. But do you feel like they're hitting even better form at such a perfect time? Yeah, um, 100%. They're... they're... They're romping it. I think, like I said, we were top for a while and I thought, oh, you know, even at the start of the season when we got that point versus Chelsea and we beat Arsenal, I thought, you know, yeah, we're on form, we're going to do it. But <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do at the start, it matters what you do at the end. So it's better to be form, in form sort of now than, than at the start. Um, and I'm hopeful that they will beat City and they will claim that title. Um, it does be nicer as a Man United fan, just if I do see... Uh, not our blue rivals celebrating it. So, yeah. but it would be great for City if they did, you know, pull off the impossible because everyone wrote them off at the start. Um, but, you know, Chelsea, like I said, the names that you talk of, Kirby's on great form at the start. It was sort of her that was doing it all and harder and Sam Kerr weren't really in the chat. But now, you know, Sam Kerr's just banging in the goals and it looks like she might even get top goal scorer and no one would have seen that at the start. So, you know, it's credit to her working hard, Emma Hayes sticking with her throughout. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll be looking at um, quadruple kind of goals, you know, winning the league. They've got the the Conte, so, you know, win the Champions League. You know, it'd be a perfect season for them if they do all that. It definitely would. Um, and taking any bias out of it, it would be absolutely brilliant to see. Um I mean, Manchester City are hot on their tails. They made it 12 Women's Super League wins on the bounce as they beat Spurs three goals to nil. Um, I think both of these wins for both of the teams were kind of expected wins, kind of like what United against Brighton should have been. Um, but, you know, Lewis, what are you expecting when Chelsea face City at the end of April? Can you call it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Okay. No, I, um, I'm, I'm expecting an entertaining game of football and I think it's always exciting when everything is on the line. But I, yeah, if you asked me to, I have no idea. They're, they've been the two best teams in the league this season. By far the two most consistent teams in the league this season. I think City did start a little bit slower, but they've been great for a while now as well. Chelsea look like they can't be stopped. I have no idea what way it's going to go, but I'm really looking forward to watching you know, two of the best teams on the planet basic, basically play a final to see who wins the league. It's really, you know, it's just really, really exciting. I, I think with all of that firepower, I would lean towards Chelsea a little bit and they're just more tactically flexible as well. But Man City have the team that, that they can go out there and beat anybody on their day, so... I have no idea what way it's going to go. <laughs> Me neither. I have this feeling that it could be absolute carnage with like, not 50 goals, I'm being dramatic, but like a lot of goals. 
and then I just feel like I get so excited about these games and then it ends up being like a little one niller or something. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Definitely something to look forward to um, towards the end of this month. Um, we'll make our final stop in uh, in Paris. Uh, there was a big win for PSG as they defeated, I will try with my best French accent, um, they defeated Soyo Charant, um, seven goals to nil. Um, now, this was a confusing one. Um, I don't know if anybody saw this, but I was very confused. It took me a minute. Um, both sides walked out wearing PSG kits. Um, so Paris had their Jordan 4th kit, amazing kit. Um, and then the opposition, their jerseys were apparently lost en route to the French capital. So they had to wear Paris's white away kit. I mean, luckily no names were printed on the back because I think that would have just been even worse. But yeah, a little bit confusing, but they made it work. Um, PSG were 3-0 up by halftime um, and it just continued to get worse for the opposition in the second half as four more went past the keeper. Nat, did you have a favourite goal out of the seven? Yeah, a lot of them were headers and I don't mind a good, nice cross into the box and a header, but for me, the seventh was the best. It was a, it was a one-two link-up play and I think it was a Kato and it was a hat-trick at the end and it was just a beautiful slotted it into the bottom corner. Uh, so I had to say one of them was a favourite, that was, but Paris had a lot of chances and there were some other ones that I thought, oh, if that had gone in and the keeper made good saves. Um, I think a lot of the goals in the second half were the were the better side of the goals. So if anyone watches it, go and watch those second half goals. They are um, something else. Definitely a, a lot of good goals there. Um, now, obviously, the manager, again, apologies for any French listeners, um, Olivier Eshwafni, uh, Olivier again, apologies. Um, so... It went with quite an attacking um, 11, considering that the opposition are 10th in the table. Lewis, does this just show that this side, they're leaving no room for error at this point? Yeah, just and they just have to do that. They just have to keep going. They, they can't take their foot off the pedal. They can't stop putting teams to the sword or take games for granted because... We know how good and dominant Leon have been for years now, and they're right there behind them, waiting for them to slip up. And if PSG do slip up, I think we'd all expect Leon to take advantage. So, yeah, foot down and just keep going like this to the end of the season. Definitely. Um, obviously, this win was at PSG's 15th consecutive league win. Um, Leon's game against Wingham was postponed. The gap between the two is now four points. So, like you said, Lewis, it's up to Leon to simply kind of keep up and PSG have just got to keep pushing. Um, there are only four games left for PSG um, and none of the competition look too threatening, really. Um, Nat, do you think that they'll slip up or not? Not a chance. I think, I think pretty much when they beat Leon, they knew. Listen, we cannot slip because they will they will take it off us, and it's their chance to win this league. And you can see with the way they're celebrating every goal, you know, celebrating the first goal like they're celebrating the seventh. So for <laughs> me, they're not gonna slip up, um, and they know if they do, it's it's finished, it's over for them. So I can see them winning all the way to the end, and it's their league title. Yeah, I mean. Lewis, how important and significant do you feel it is? I mean, in France, for women's football in general, how important is it for PSG to win the league this year? 
I think I think it's just important to see that that Leon can be beaten, and mm. I think it's important on a on a European level as well. Obviously, we're we're coming to the the business end of the Champions League season as well, and the two teams still have to play the second leg at their quarterfinal. But I think it is generally just important to see that teams there there isn't a team out there that can't be be bettered, and we're seeing that now with PSG and Lyon, Bayern Munich are doing something similar in in the Frauen Bundesliga. So. I think that's the that's the key thing to take away from it. Milan are getting closer and closer to Juventus in in Italy as well. United, we've already talked about earlier today, have sort of joined that top three that's been there in the WSL for the last few years. It's good for football to be competitive. It would be nicer if it was, you know, not just two teams right at the top of the league, but when you've got a team that wins every single game, you you know, it's going to be come down to those one or two games against each other during the season that make the difference. And, you know, as Nat just said, PSG beat Leon earlier this season. And it looks like at the moment that's what's going to make the difference in the title race. So, yeah, I think it's it's good for football to I mean, at all levels across the game to not have the same teams winning all the time. And it obviously just makes a bit of a change. And I think we're seeing that in the Champions League this year now, too. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, if they do win the league, they will have their manager, um, Eshwafni, to thank. Nat, what do you make of his time at the club so far? Yeah, I think it, it's been great. And obviously, you know, like what Lewis just said, it's just good for football. So him winning that league, taking it off um, Leon, it's just, it's just going to be massive. And, you know, everyone's going to be looking at him. He's the guy who beat Leon. He's the guy who, in a way, sort of knocked Leon off the perch, you could say. So, you know, it's, it's a building process. And, you know, being patient, it's, it's got in there. It's, it's getting, looking like it's going to get him a league title for Paris so they have everything to thank for the manager you can tell that they're playing for him they're doing everything he's instilled that mentality in it in them to just you know fight to the end and you know I'm sure the fans if they could be there they would be singing his praises definitely um I mean he seems pretty settled at PSG but I mean Lewis if if there was word on the street he was available would you have him at Arsenal (laughs) (laughs) obviously we'll have to wait and see who who ends up taking over at Arsenal but there are I'm sure there will be there would be worse options than that <laughs> definitely um I mean we've spoken about uh Marie Antoinette Kototo before on the podcast um she's only 22 um she's been in this PSG team since 2015 crazy um Lewis is it fair to predict that she could become one of the biggest strikers in Europe, if not the world, maybe one day. I mean, we've spoken before, I think it was with um, Alejandro, about how vital she is for France. But, I mean, looking on a bigger scale, you know, for Europe or for the world, you know, considering how much she has already achieved at such a young age and how talented she is, especially when you consider that she's probably not even reached her peak yet. Yeah, it's... It's just crazy the the level that she's producing and the consistency from you know as you said from being sort of seventeen or so and pretty much scoring a goal every single game and now she's twenty two and she's still doing exactly that in and not just in the league either in the Champions League too 
the best is yet to come at that age. Players are 22. You're always going to believe that at 23 and 24 and 25, they're just going to get better and better and better. And that is quite terrifying to think about that, that there's a hell of a lot more to come from her. Definitely. I mean, like I say, when I was, when I was, um, you know, reading about her and I'm thinking 22, she's been like already in this team for so many years and it just doesn't seem to be stopping. Um, it is definitely very exciting and I can't wait to see, um, you know, how her career progresses and if maybe one day we'll see her, you know, playing in a different league or sticking in France, etc. Um, so yeah, I mean, finally for this week's hot topic, um, I mentioned it last week, but we're going to take a look at some of last week's Champions League fixtures and what lies ahead for the semi-finals. Um, and I think um, maybe we'll all give some predictions, um, although we know what I'm like with predictions because I cannot make decisions. I'm very indecisive, so apologies. Um, I mean, we'll start off with Manchester City and Barcelona. Of course, Barcelona got that 3-0 win in the first leg. They actually lost the second leg 2-1, um, but that, of course, was not enough for Manchester City to get through to the next round. Nat, do you feel like City at least can walk away feeling a little bit more pride because they did manage to redeem themselves with a better performance in the second leg. Yeah, if I was a City fan and I've seen a few City fans comment in, you know, they are proud of their team, um, you know, fighting to come back. They started off well, they, they kept Barcelona at bay in a way and, you know, they, they got the victory, that's what matters and potentially, you know, it's it's they lost it in, in you know, the first leg. And, uh, you know, you can't go 3-0 down. You can, but it makes it very, very difficult um, to get it back. So they are happy in a way, but, you know, it's chalk and cheese between the way they played the first leg and, and the way they played the second. And they'll probably be punching themselves a bit like, why didn't we do better in that in that first leg? And we could have looked at, um, you know, going through to the semis. But, you know, they, they'll see that and they'll see that level that they're supposed to, that they have to reach to, to be looking at talking about, you know, semi-final, final. You have to be on it all the time. You can't let up. And, you know, Barcelona scored the first leg, but, you know, it showed they showed the quality in the second leg, City only. Mm. Um, I mean, Gareth Taylor's side have not reached a semi-final stage of the Champions League since... Um, 2017-18 season when they lost um, to Leon, no shame in losing to the side that they lost against. Um, but Lewis, what is this side lacking to maybe get to that next stage of the Champions League? Or do you think this is just, you know, across men and women's football at Manchester City, there's some kind of like voodoo going on or something? Like I don't know. What do you think? I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it all down to voodoo. Maybe um, a little bit. <laughs> you, you do need you do need a bit of luck whenever you're in you're in cup competitions and you're coming up against Barcelona. I mean, we're talking about a stage where it's the the top eight teams more or less in Europe competing, so the level is just it doesn't get any higher. Um, I think you do need just a little bit of luck. Just you know, the the first leg we saw Barcelona just punish City when they weren't at the races for a bit. You just need to maybe ride those spells a little bit better, and you know maybe maybe the keeper has a stormer, maybe something hits the post or the bar instead of going in, and you just cling on and stay in the game. So I think 
sometimes it does, or a big part of it is just that luck and and that not bouncing your way. The, if I look at City, the only thing that I think, I don't think there's much room for improvement anywhere. The only thing that I think is probably missing is just the that sort of whirlwind star talent to play sort of a, a up front or on the wing. And I think Ellen White, obviously, we know how great a goal scorer she is. Caroline Weir and Chloe Kelly have been great all season. But there's not a not quite the level of, you know, you look at Chelsea and you see Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby, a player that's just just that tick better at that level. I don't know, you know, it's these players, we're talking about the top few players in the world, they don't exist everywhere and it's not easy to just go out and get one and, and find one and integrate them into the team. And I think it's a strength of cities as well that they don't rely on one player and one forward scoring for them every week. But in games like this, having that star quality can make a big, big difference. Yeah, it, it really can. You're so right. Um, I mean, for Barcelona, Nat, do you think that they'll be kicking themselves that they actually have lost a game now? Or do you think they're just like, forget about it, that didn't really happen, we're through to the next round, who cares? Oh, 100% they'll be kicking themselves. They'll be thinking, why didn't we win that they had a lot of chances um city defensively like what lewis said they, they rode it out a bit better um in the second leg but i think yeah you can't sort of yes you're through you're happy you're through you know they took pictures and that but they, they'll be wanting to sort of lay a marker down for them for the semi-final and you know if they had gone out there and won like 2-1 or something Barcelona then it would have been sort of 5-1 five, five, in, in aggregate and that lays a marker um, and just sets, sets your stall out like we are here to win this and we're no one's going to beat us now in a way that that sort of blueprint is sort of there City has shown um, how they can be got at how they can be beaten how they can be um, tamed in a way so they will be disappointed that they've lost um but there's no shame, you know, two top sides, top top uh, eight, and, you know, they're through, so they're going to be happy that they're through. Um, and it's just now them thinking about the semi-final. Yeah, I mean, City were up against a very good Barcelona side, let's be honest, and there is no shame in losing to a team that have scored, you know, over 100 goals in the season, just standard. Um, the Catalan side will face PSG or Lyon in the next round. Lyon won the first leg uh, 1-0. Um, Lewis, if it is Lyon in the next round, do you feel that this will be the perfect test to see if Barcelona are really on that same level? Yeah, I think it, it doesn't get harder than that, does it? If yeah. you And if you beat Lyon, and I think already having beaten Manchester City, I think we can say they are pretty much more or less there. They're, they're there with the top three or four teams in the entire competition. Mm. They deserve to be in the semi-finals. They, they didn't just beat Man City, but they really deserve to beat Man City. They were the better team. If they can get past Leon. there's one game left from winning the Champions League Leon obviously have been sort of the marker for women's football in Europe for years now it looks like that could be slipping a bit and I also think it just means something to whoever wins it this year if it's not Leon, you're sort of you're really putting your putting your place there as you're the team to maybe take over and that's what Whoever it might be, Barcelona, Chelsea, Lyon, it could be, obviously. 
whoever goes on and wins the Champions League now will be sending a bit of a message that they're the team to beat. And, and that if that's not Lyon, that's obviously a massive change in the women's football landscape in Europe. It definitely will be. Um, I mean, I guess it's hard to ask for a prediction because we don't know who they'll be playing. Um, but um, I mean, Nat, I'll, I'll start with you. If it's Barcelona PSG or Barcelona Lyon, who do you see? I mean, we won't do actual goal like like scores mm. and stuff because we don't know who they're playing. But which one do you see going through in in both um, scenarios? I'm going to go Barca uh, just because I think they've been so good uh, this year in this in their league. The way they played that first leg for me, like I said, it it laid a marker. And if like what Lewis said, they go on and beat Leon. I mean, if it is Barcelona, that could be a final in itself, you know, That and it has been a final. And I think they'll definitely be up for it if it's Leon, because like you say, they've, they've lost that final. Um, they didn't get through last year to the final to play Leon again. So I, I think there'll be that sort of revenge mode in them to, to beat Leon. I think they'll want Leon in a way, um, just for that, for them to show, for them to lay that marker down. Um I mean, if it's Paris, Paris could surprise, you know, it could be that they want Leon, but Paris come through and they sort of underestimate Paris. I think, like the fact that you said we don't know which team it is, we're, we're, we're sort of guessing, but for me, I think Barca will go through to the final. If I had to say it now, if I had to say one, it'd be Barca for me. What about you, Lewis? Yeah, I, I agree that we might see a, a different Barcelona depending on who they play. Obviously, we'll never find out. Mm. Um, but I think there there is maybe something extra to prove and almost nothing to lose a little bit at the same time against Lyon and against PSG. There'll be the conversations about, well, maybe Barcelona are actually the favourites here and and it's, it's all sort of on the line. If they go out to Lyon... Yeah, it's the same disappointment, but they won't go into that thinking, oh, you know, we're the favourites, we've got something mm. to lose. It will really be, we've got something to make up for. And I think that can that can be really important, the way that a team approaches a game like that. I I don't know. I I think Lyon will, will get through against PSG and then we'll see Barcelona go through. But I think if PSG beat Lyon, then we'll see PSG in the final. Oh, okay. See, like we all know, I'm very indecisive. I was kind of saying that I think Barcelona could win the competition and then I kind of backpedaled a little bit. But now I'm going to be a shameless glory hunter in that, yeah, I think they will win it. <laughs> and I feel like I, I'm kind of with you, Lewis, in that I, I feel like if it's PSG, things could go a little bit wrong. But I feel like if it is Leon, Barcelona will literally be out for blood and they'll be like, listen, we've got to win this whatever way we've got to win it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I feel I'm going to go with Barcelona. Mm, yeah, I'll go with Barcelona going through with each one. I'm going to be positive towards them um, and back them. Um, but maybe, you know, I have also been known to be a bit of a bad luck charm before. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'll make things worse for them. Who knows? Um, but meanwhile, Bayern Munich, obviously they got that 4-0 victory over Rosengard. Um which wasn't surprising, I guess. No disrespect to Rosengard at all. But, um, you know, as many expected, Bayern did have enough to get past the Swedish side. Um, Bayern will now face a very strong Chelsea team who managed a 5-1 victory on aggregate against Wolfsburg. Um, 
this must have stung for Wolfsburg. Um, and, you know, Emma Hayes even said, I always thought they were the benchmark for women's football alongside Leon, which I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, Nat, do you think that, I mean, we've spoken about Wolfsburg previously and how maybe this isn't completely curtains for them. But do you also feel like this was maybe a little bit of a realisation for them that their period maybe of dominance is coming to an end? Not necessarily because they're not good enough. I mean, they weren't good enough against Chelsea, but just because other teams are catching up now, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And I think in a way you could say the same for Leon. Um, That dominance is coming to an end. Like you say, other teams are catching up. A lot of teams are investing in their women's side. And like you say, for ages, it was Wolfsburg and Leon up there at the top competing. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's not anything bad. They've not done anything wrong, but it's just, you know, Women's football is on the map now. More people want to see it. More people want to want to be it. More people want to watch it. They want to support both teams. So, for me, it sort of is coming to an end. But we don't want a dominance in a way. You know, it's great for mm-hmm. Leon that they're so dominant. But for me, I want to see exciting semi-finals, exciting finals. I mean, they'll be probably kicking themselves, Wolfsburg, that they didn't score more in the first. Um, first leg because they had a lot of chances and they could have put it out of sight for Chelsea but obviously Chelsea just come through in that first leg showed how strong they were and then you know really they're on the form now um go it you know going into that game against Wolfsburg and they've, they've put them away 5-1 aggregate victory but you know I want to see teams like all teams competing at the top not just being sort of walkthroughs and it's easy for Wolfsburg they're always going to be in the final no I want to see Chelsea I want to see Bayern I want to see exciting semi-final fixtures really yeah definitely um I mean Emma Hayes labeled Chelsea's win over Wolfsburg as her most favorite win in charge um and it's understandable why Chelsea have had what like three consecutive defeats by Wolfsburg so you know what I'll allow her that one if she wants to be you know she wants to name that as her most favorite um the manager also said that this is a proud day for English football. Lewis, do you feel like this is the strongest bid for winning the Champions League that an English team have had since Arsenal in 2007? Yeah, I think it's maybe the first time that you're looking at an English team and thinking they're maybe the team to beat and they're maybe the favourites to go on and win the entire competition. And, and no, we keep coming back to it, but just this ridiculous depth going forward and that's not to take anything away from how good Chelsea are all over the pitch but when you look at you know Bethany England's barely getting a look in at the moment and was on fire last season it's the depth I just find it really hard to see anybody that can stop Chelsea from from scoring two or three goals against them and then it's going to be on the opposition to manage to hit back and and find a way to score a couple of goals against Chelsea and that's hard to see someone doing as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's just it is crazy when you think about that team and what they are capable of um and it will be really exciting and like I say as a neutral um I'd, I'll definitely be you know cheering them on um I mean there were some periods of the quarterfinal games where Wolfsburg did show their dominance um you know like you did touch on that um and despite the scoreline it wasn't total plain sailing for Chelsea um Nat do you have any concerns about Chelsea as they get ready to face Bayern yeah because like you say Wolfsburg that first leg I mean, they should have been 3-0 up in the first half. And I think it just, 
Like like I've said for the other team, it shows that blueprint to the other teams and it shows how you can beat them, how you can get at them. Um, you know, Bayern will be hurting. Like we said, they, they've been defeated. So they'll be hurting, you know, and, you know, they'll be wanting to bounce back, show, listen, we're going to go out and win it. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be back in Chelsea to, to go to the final and Bayern will want to sort of prove a lot of them people wrong. So there are those little concerns, you know, defensively sometimes, you know, you could say Chelsea, they are strong, but then you've seen top teams get at them. So maybe they might need to show it up. I know in the second leg, they were just all over dominance and, and now we're seeing a lot more of that. So I am worried for Bayern, but um, I do think... Chelsea would probably have it, but they need to not underestimate them. And I don't think Emma Hayes will let them underestimate any team, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I can see her sat with, like, I don't know, some kind of, like, some giant board, like, writing tactics and just, like, really... She just strikes me as the type of manager that would not leave any stone unturned. Um, But, I mean, Lewis, which areas of the pitch do you feel that Chelsea could have the most trouble against Bayern and where they will really need to be switched on or is it just everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is everywhere. I think it's the fact that they'll come up against the team that's as used to winning as they are. Yeah. And I think Chelsea, it's just so hard to, to sort of stop a team when, when they're on a roll like that. Obviously, Bayern Munich met their match a little bit against Wolfsburg at the weekend. But as we've all said, we still expect them to go on and win the title. Bayern obviously come into the game having seen that that Chelsea are beatable as as Nat just said Wolfsburg in that first leg really showed that and and maybe showed how to beat Chelsea as well so there are things that I just think that that Emma Hayes and especially you know a two leg knockout competition I just see Emma Hayes making sure that Chelsea just keep things tight they don't make any big errors they don't shoot themselves in the foot and after that, we know that the attacking talent can can make the difference. So it will just be about how they handle or how the both teams handle the occasion of the game and whether or not it becomes too much for either of them or, or they just sort of relish playing under that sort of pressure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Lewis, what would your prediction be on the back of that? I think we'll see Chelsea go through and I don't think we'll see many goals I think we'll see both teams at least in the first leg playing you know not to lose not to be two or three goals behind like we saw City against Barcelona when you've got two legs there's no need to to go for it there's no need to leave gaps I think we'll see a really cagey first leg and then Chelsea to win the second one what about you Nat what do you reckon yeah, the same. Uh, I think Chelsea will win both legs. I think the first one, probably like um, how the Wolfsburg gone down, maybe even Bayern being ahead, but I think Chelsea will will overall win it. You know what? I'd probably agree with you guys. I feel like uh, Chelsea will have enough to kind of do what it takes um, and get the win. I mean, Emma Hayes, if you're listening, I don't know what you've done, but you've got two United fans and an Arsenal fan backing you in the Champions League. So I guess um, a congratulations to Chelsea on that one. But it's certainly going to be some very, very interesting semi-finals. Um, 
and I can't wait to see who gets into the final. Big thanks to my guests, Lewis and Nat this week. And of course, to all of you for listening. As always, if you do want to get in touch, it is podcast at onefootball.com. And do not forget, if you want to check out all the other podcasts that we've got, head to Apple Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., wherever you listen to your podcasts to hear all of them. 